Welcome to the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, featuring stellar conversations with emerging and established Wickedly Smart Women. Thanks for joining us today as we celebrate women who are committed, care deeply, and have the courage to take action and create conscious change all around the world. Now here's your Wickedly Smart host, Angel B. Hartwell. Welcome to another episode of the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, where we celebrate Wickedly Smart Women and provide our listeners with a wealth of wisdom along with immediately actionable steps to be smarter, spunkier, and more successful in their impact and their leadership. This is your host, Angel B. Hartwell, and today we welcome our special guest that I met on Clubhouse, Heather Markell. Pain. Hello. Oh, hello. <laughs> Pain and regret led Heather to quit her 25 plus year corporate career for a break that turned into becoming a full-time solo traveler. Since January, 2018, she's been to 25 countries, six continents, and was featured in the New York Times about affording a travel lifestyle. Easter Island, the big five in Africa, a Thailand fishing village, and drinking Malbec in Mendoza are a few of her travel highlights. Heather now helps frustrated professionals tackle the mindset, money, and planning aspects of leaving their job to travel full-time, whether for a few months, a gap year, or longer. Welcome to the show, Heather. I am so excited to talk to you. (laughs) Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, well, you know, so many people have this on their vision board, right? So many people have travel around the world on their vision board and uh, unfortunately end their life without having fulfilled that vision or, you know, only partially fulfilling that vision. So, I'm really excited to have you here. And what I'd love to start with, Heather, is were you always one of those people who had travel on your vision board when you were like maybe a little girl or, you know, as you were in your 25 year corporate career? In my career, yes. I think it's funny. As a kid, I was sort of shy, introverted. And my parents would send me to summer camp and I hated it uh, because I was always teased. And when my parents got divorced and my stepmother suggested that I do this program, it was called the International Living or Experiment in International Living. That's what it was. So I would go live with a host family in France. And the idea terrified me. I thought it was horrible because it was like, I hate summer camp. I don't want to go to France. (laughs) So I did go kicking and screaming. And I ended up having an experience that profoundly changed my life and uh, catapulted me into speaking French fluently to eating other foods. I had my first alcohol, like there's this whole other world. And I suddenly, as an only child then, uh, suddenly had eight siblings in a farm family with cows. And since then, I've been like obsessed with traveling languages and all that. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Beautiful. So let's talk about your 25 year corporate career. So how did you get into that and what did you do and what was it that made you suddenly say, I'm done? 
So, yeah, it's funny because as a young woman, I was, you know, I had these language skills. I loved acting. I, you know, I'm very, very creative. And somehow I got pushed to get straight A's in school so I could get into a good college, so I could get into a good job. And so I kind of just mindlessly followed that path. And I did at least end up in, I started my career I was briefly actually with a magazine, uh, and then I went over to France Telecom. I was in a French company and very quickly got to go to Paris for a year. So that was great. I like lived and worked in Paris. And then uh, from there, I moved over to British Telecom, where I was. I started off as their joint venture liaison. So I got to go traveling to Europe. I got to speak all these languages. It was like, it was my dream. Like all of that was my dream. And then in 2000, British Telecom joined forces with AT&T, and that's when my amazing international career started changing. And eventually, I went and worked for AT&T, and it was no language skills required, no international travel, all domestic, but I'm supposed to stick it out. Stick it out in that career. You got to get benefits. You got to have the paycheck. And I was like, oh, shoot. So I started being really, really unhappy. I pushed for raises and promotions and they never came. (laughs) And then I got married to the wrong person. And so what ended up starting to happen was I was just unhappy everywhere in my life. Mm. And I started to be in pain. Yeah. And so the pain of fighting between my head and my heart, whether to stay in my marriage became two herniated discs in my neck. And it was literally the most excruciating pain I've ever felt, but it caused me to ask myself, how much pain do I want to be in just to stay in a relationship that makes me unhappy? And that was the catalyst for me getting out of the marriage. And then I was like, oh no, now I'm unhappy at work. What am I going to do about this? (laughs) And it was a very painful, I was many years, I had about 10 years. I talked to my best friends about, I think I should quit and just go travel and just maybe go find myself or something. And, you know, but I can't do that. How, how am I going to have enough money? Like years. And then, you know, as the years went on, I was like, Oh, I only 20 year olds do this. I I'm getting too old for this, you know, because all this messaging I'm getting. And once again, it was the brilliance of my body when January, 2017, I, instead of coming out of my usual December depression, um, stayed depressed and then found that my chest hurt. And I thought, oh God, I remember the herniated discs. I'm not doing this to myself again. I'm not making this pain become a health issue. And I committed to quit that year and gave myself three tests. Like the first was I went to Iceland. I didn't want to come home. I went on vacation. I never wanted to come home from vacations. I did. I regretted it. And I booked a flight back to Iceland like the very next day, which I you know called my boss and I'm not coming in, told my mother I'm like flying back to Iceland. Did that. The first trip to Iceland, I met this guy from Spain. We stayed in touch for six months. I went over there and, and visited him for a weekend. And then it was telling my mother that I was going to quit. And honestly, that was the hardest thing to tell my mother that I was going to quit my stable job was actually the hardest challenge of the three. And once I did that, it was, it was, that was the end of the line for the the corporate career. (laughs) Well, you know, I, I really want to kind of really underscore and highlight a couple of things here. 
first of all, that you literally were so conditioned by parental, societal, you know, marketing messaging, maybe religious or familial conditioning. Like you were so conditioned that when your dream job disappeared, you stayed until you were in pain, right? And you were also so conditioned, maybe even in the marriage to believe, I don't know if that's true for you, but for me, when I was in my first marriage, my belief was, okay, I got married, it's for life, right? And so I can totally relate to this idea of you ending up in physical pain and it took that to be able to get out. What's also interesting to me, Heather, is that it was in your neck, right? It was in your, it was literally in your neck, which is that bridge between the head and the heart where our heads are so conditioned and, and culturally we're so conditioned to be in our head that when our heart starts to move us in new directions, there's like a shutoff valve in our, in our necks. I actually had a neck problem before I divorced my first husband. So Mm. yeah, Yeah, I I believe that. And, and the other conditioning, unfortunately was that I became aware of later was marriage and work are supposed to be unhappy. Right. Right. (laughs) So, so it's normal to be somewhat unhappy in both. And because that's normal, it makes the fact that you're unhappy not a legitimate reason to quit, to leave, to, you know, to do what you want. So that was, that was another piece of. Yeah. And was, and was that from like, was that from exampling from your parents as well? Or was that just like a cultural kind of messaging that you. In the marriage, it was definitely, it was definitely familial. And I, and I, cause I, I started looking at my friends and their happy marriages and had a, you know, created a different role model for myself, Mm -hmm. but then the work I think was everywhere. It was like everyone I knew was unhappy in work. Books I read told me that, you know, you're not supposed to expect your employer to make you happy. So I just was like, wow, like wanting to be happy in my job is not a a good expectation to have. I better drop that and just stay here and expect to be unhappy. (laughs) Yeah. Until you get sick. All right. Well, so we're not doing that. So in January, 2018, you were liberated and started to travel full time. I want to talk a little bit about, you know, when you liberated yourself, what do you, what would you say was, you know, you said telling your mom, but in addition to telling your mom, like what were some of the kind of logistical challenges that you needed to look at in order to make the exit? Yeah. And, and by the way, I thought initially that I was quitting for three or six months. I didn't go into this saying I'm done with my career. I'm, you know, I went into it thinking I'm going to take a break, find myself in three or six months and then come back with all the answers and (laughs) get a new job. (laughs) So yeah, I, first it was obviously money. uh, And I had spent over the course of several years, I saved up a boatload of money. Like I stopped spending, I, I think when you are in the corporate job and you can, because you know that all this money is coming next month, you eat out a lot, you travel well, you buy stuff you don't need. So I cut down on that dramatically and created a wonderful nest egg for myself. And then honestly, the 
at the beginning, well, I had to think about what am I doing with my apartment and my stuff? But since I thought I was coming back, it was basically like, oh, keep paying for all that because I'm going to come back to it and get a job. But later it did become a, wow, this is a huge chunk of change that I'm paying. And this one month's rent in my New York apartment could buy me like more than probably two months of travel. (laughs) So I got to think about (laughs) how I'm doing that. And then it was like, where am I going? And, and the, you know, what kind of, I saw like a health, what's it called a travel doctor? What kind of vaccinations do you need? You know, so there were just some of those logistical pieces of, of what shifting your life from thinking about your, all your concerns and your fixed life to, well, what is this travel life going to look like? How am I doing this? And I did start, it's funny. I started my travel life. I was like, well, I guess I can finally go with the flow. And I instead booked up the first two weeks of my trip. And it was really interesting because the hardest thing after telling my mother that I was quitting and the anticlimactic discussion with the boss was I can now go anywhere in the world, anywhere. Mm. Oh my God. The world is is definitely not a small world. It's like, <laughs> I don't know. I stressed out for two weeks figuring out where to go. And I picked Costa Rica. And that's when I booked up the first two weeks. And then I was like, hold on, like, I got to stop because I've now planned away my ability to find a place I like and stay there longer or discover I don't like a place and leave sooner. So, you know, everything conspired perfectly at the end of that two weeks that I had planned the very last night of my pre-planned accommodation and trip. I was trying to meet some friends that I had met on one of my bus rides in Costa Rica. And I came to find out that the only way to get to them was an overnight dangerous sounding bus trip or a very expensive plane ride. Mm -hmm. And the hotel manager was clearly didn't like his job and had no interest in helping me. And I broke down and I was like, if I can't figure out how to get to my friends, like I maybe full-time travel isn't for me. This is, this is just, you know, <laughs> like I, I totally, <laughs> two weeks I don't in. Help anybody. yeah, two weeks in, I was like, oh. and the thing is actually two weeks in this, I think this happens for a lot of people in the full-time travel life is if you come from corporate and you're used to vacation, yeah. you take a vacation for one or two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's at the end of two weeks, you realize, oh God, this isn't a vacation. Yeah. And all of this stuff flows in. So it was yeah, a very yeah. natural thing to happen. Totally. Well, and- we're going to take a break, Heather. And when we come back, we're going to talk more about how you actually help people to not only, you know, liberate themselves from their job for some full-time travel, but also how to probably navigate that natural, like, speed bump that happens at the end of the first two weeks. But right now we have to take a quick break and Wickedly Smart Women, we could use some help if you're enjoying this show and want us to stay on the air and maybe provide a little extra income for me to do some traveling. Please consider making a donation at www.wickedlysmartwomen.com. That was a joke. Uh, We'd also like to ask you to share with your lovely lady friends who you think might benefit from our content. Help a gal out and let your sisters, mothers, daughters, friends, and colleagues know about the show so we can serve them too. I want to say a big thank you to all of our listeners. We are now in the top one and a half percent of all shows across all categories globally. And we are downloading in 90 countries. 
I'm guessing we're, let's see, Thailand. We got Thailand on the list. Mendoza, is that in Spain, Heather? Mendoza is Argentina. Oh, Argentina. Do we have Argentina on the list? I think we do. And yeah, Africa, we do have um, South Africa on the list. So we're going to shout out to all of those countries and we will be right back with Heather Markell. The Wickedly Smart Women podcast is brought to you by the Wealthy Life Mentor. Women, are you on the edge knowing that life is calling you to make a change? Are you ready to be part of the evolution of what it means to be a wickedly smart woman creating your wealthy life by design, a life that is an extraordinary work of art? Angel B. Hartwell, the Wealthy Life Mentor, is hired by Women in Transition, Women just like you who want to break through to their brilliance, become clear on the value of their wisdom, and embody a beauty-filled, balanced life of shameless self-expression. Discover your wealthy life readiness by taking the quiz at quiz.wealthylifementor.com. And we are back with Heather Markell. If you would like to find out more about Heather and how she helps people to tackle the mindset, money, and planning aspects of leaving their job to travel full-time, whether for a few months, a gap year, or longer, you can go to heatherbegins.com. We will have that for you in the show notes. So Heather, on the back half of this, let's talk about how you went from, okay, I'm going to travel. I'm going to have a travel lifestyle to generating income. Like you also clearly have have figured out a way to have the best of both worlds, to have the life of travel that you love and to help others to do the same and to generate revenue doing that. So let's talk about that transition. When did it become clear to you that you either A, needed to make some more money or B, that you needed to set yourself up as an entrepreneur or both? So I actually already was an entrepreneur when I quit. I was on, I was in addition to working full time, I had a business coaching business, but I did step away from both when I went to Costa Rica because I just wanted to clear my head and I'm so glad I did. But essentially what I first found out is the budget I put aside to travel for three to six months ended up lasting me over two years. So like the, the shocker, what, what I and many people don't realize, it's a lot cheaper to travel full-time than to have a fixed life. Uh, so some of the strategies to travel as long as you want involve really cutting down. I mean, it's a natural process anyway, because especially if you're not traveling in an RV, and you, so I don't have my own vehicle, I'm totally on my own, all my luggage is on my back or pulling in my arm, right? So you're limited into what you can take with you, which means you just can't buy all the stuff that you would have bought on vacation because you can't carry it. And even if you can ship it somewhere, it's extremely expensive. (laughs) So a lot of the strategies I teach are around kind of like, how do you pare down? How do you, where are the most expensive categories that you typically will spend money traveling? And how do you cut those areas down? What are some things you can do? So that's one aspect of it. And then there's so many different kinds of work that you can do. And I've been part of, you know, when you, when you come from corporate and I teach, I, I created some online training for this, but when you come from the corporate world, 
you're really ambitious, right? It's you're supposed to climb the corporate ladder. And so when you leave, you you have to realize like it's not about climbing anymore. It's about discovering. And it's whether you want to call that lateral or climbing, that's up to you, but it's it's not the same anymore. So rather than looking for some job or work where you're going to start at this level and move up, it's more like I'm living my ideal life. How much money do I need per month to do that? So what kind of work would support that? And depending where you decide to go, like, you know, obviously New Zealand where I am is extremely expensive and I've been really fortunate to, among other things like, you know, pet sitting, I've met wonderful people that have taken me in. Um, right now we're, we're in lockdown. I'm really lucky that I ended up with some friends that have graciously taken me in during lockdown. So, you know, cutting out that expense, but, but New Zealand otherwise is very expensive. Whereas if you go to Vietnam, I mean, I had to try, really, really try to spend 25 bucks a day for everything. Um, and you could probably do it for $10 a day. So, you know, that also plays a big role in, in affording it. Um, and then the work part is very much about like, who are you? What do you want to do? And, you know, what skill sets do you have? What do you enjoy? And then plugging you into all of the different opportunities that are around you while also, and I know it may sound hokey, but I just find that when I think traveling, because it makes you so present to the, you know, you're very aware of now, you're not in this anxiety mind of, oh, I forgot. And, and you really notice like when you need something, the universe provides it down to a paperclip for me. It happened actually in Uruguay, right? So it's like, I was like, I need a paperclip and there was one. And, it, but it's like, if you need money, an opportunity shows up for you to have that. It, it won't be what you expect. It won't be in the way you think, but you have the openness and presence to say, yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> Just said a week ago, I need, I need to make, you know, an extra $200 and boop, there it is. So oh, there um, it is. <laughs> I yep. love it when the universe works that way. I do. Yeah. Uh, I, and I find it is the case for me as well. And, and part of it is really just getting clear, Heather, about what it is we actually want. And, and that's, uh, you know, definitely something that I help my clients with. And I'm sure that you help your clients as well is getting just getting really clear on what they want. And yes. then the, the, a lot of the deconditioning. What's really interesting to me was when you were talking about the part where people who are coming, who are professionals, who are the, you know, people just like you who are in corporate, who have had this vision and this dream to start traveling, you know, they are literally in a mindset and in a momentum of this directionality of, I got to check off the next achievement, the next achievement, and the next achievement. Whereas once they shift to becoming full-time travelers it's much less about checking off the achievement. This is what I was hearing anyway in the subtext and more about checking out where you are in the experience that life is bringing to you. Did I hear that correctly? You did. And that's, that's very astute because I think when I started my traveling, as I mentioned, I thought I was going to travel for three to six months, figure out who I was, have all the answers and then go back and get a job. And I was really frustrated year one because I wasn't getting the answers. <laughs> and so, and I had this goal and I was like, I need a goal. I have to have this finite goals, metrics. I mean, I was approaching travel like a job. It was ridiculous. And, and I met this wonderful man. I think he was like 20 something in my youth hostel on Easter Island. And 
he said to me, because he had been traveling a year, year and a half, and he said, it's about the journey, not the destination. And I'm like, that just changed my world. And I was like, oh, yeah, like the goal is the journey. And it doesn't matter. Like, it's just not about all the things I set out thinking it was about. Yeah. Well, we've got a couple minutes left, Heather. So if there was one final thing that you really wanted to share with our listeners about just going for what you actually really desire in your heart, would you would you drop us a, a little bit of that wisdom? <laughs> yeah, um, I would say absolutely follow your heart because even if it makes no sense to your head, it guides you to the best place for you to be, maybe not everyone else, but you. And also that I think in this world, we forget it's so much more important to be than to do. And so take that time to figure out who you are and be that person all the time, no matter what, you know, because that's, that's what you want to leave life with knowing that you were authentically a hundred percent you. Beautiful. So before we close, you've got to tell us what are your top three favorite destinations? (laughs) Wow. That's a really tough question because I've loved so many. Uh, I think highlights Cape Town, South Africa, unexpectedly was one of the few places I was like, oh my God, I could live here. And despite that it's dangerous and crazy, there's, it's just unlike anywhere. I don't know, but I loved, I loved Cape Town, South Africa, clearly Mendoza, um, like, you know, Argentina. I spent four months there, just the, the people, the wine, the even Patagonia, like the scenery, just amazing. And I'd say also Peru, um, Peru Mm. was magical. Um, Mm. especially like Cusco, Mm. um, just a really magical place. Beautiful. Well, I have uh, actually been trained in the Peruvian tradition of shamanic medicine and Peru has been, yes. And Peru has been in my dream vision for quite a while. And I just keep saying to Peru, you will tell me when it's time and I will go. You will tell me when it's time and I will be there. So I saw three shaman while I was there. I did not do, I didn't do ayahuasca, but yeah, that's, that's not on my radar either. And (laughs) the shamanic medicine work is so powerful that you don't necessarily need to be doing any of the ingestion of ayahuasca. Although there are plenty of people I know that have, and have had massive, you know, life opening experiences as a result. So no judgment. All right, my beautiful Heather. Well, it was a pleasure to have you here today. I'm so glad we met on clubhouse. I'm so glad that you came to embody the possibility for so many people who are listening to the show of actually creating the life that you love. And we love feedback listeners. So please let us know what you thought of today's show by calling into our listener line. We'll have that for you in the show notes, or you can send in questions or guest suggestions to listeners at wakelysmartwomen.com. Definitely check out Heather at heatherbegins.com and see if she is the right person to support you in liberating yourself from the corner office and getting your booty down on the (laughs) dance floor in Lisbon or somewhere else, right? (laughs) And we might even give you a shout out on the show if you send in some guest suggestions or questions or feedback. I want to thank you for tuning in. Keep your ears open and remember you are a wonderful woman. Thanks for tuning in, downloading, and listening. 
Be sure to rate and review Wickedly Smart Women on Apple Podcasts and share with other women who can benefit from today's episode. Wickedly Smart Women is the premier podcast series for informing, activating, and inspiring the leader who carries profound wisdom and knows that now is the time to welcome wealth. We welcome your feedback and guest suggestions and invite you to subscribe to our mailing list to be notified of each new episode at wickedlysmartwomen.com.